Hello and welcome back for episode 18 of the Newbie Dentist podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Omid Azami. And uh, before we jump into the episode, I just wanted to do some housekeeping here. Uh, I just want to thank everyone who has been listening and downloading to the podcast. The numbers have been off the charts lately. And uh, it's really exciting to see things grow and take off a little bit. So if you do listen to the show, if you do like the show, please, please pass it on to your friends, your colleagues, your classmates uh, to help us you know, reach some new levels here and, get, and help out more people. Um, I'm moving back to Australia next week, so I'm off this week. So I'm going to try and release maybe two or three episodes because I've got a little bit more time on my hands. And uh, so reach out to me on Instagram with any tips or suggestions on how to improve the show, please. And I'm launching a YouTube channel as well, which should be pretty cool. So I'm going to upload all the podcasts on there. And try and uh, record video on my podcast going forward now so I can upload those on YouTube for you guys to check out as well. Uh, In this episode, I have a fourth-year dental student out of A.T. Still University in in Arizona, uh, Pejma Mokbeli, who is, uh, you know, a nice guy who's really interested in finances and student loans. And he's really focused on how to minimize his payments and how to strategically plan for paying off his student loans going forward and once he graduates and enters associateship positions. Uh, so in this episode, we talk a lot about the different repayment options in the United States and co- you know, compare and contrast them to what it's like here in Canada, where I'm currently at. And uh, he has a lot of really good tips and advice. I suggest you guys check out his uh, YouTube video as well, which I will uh, put in the show notes. And uh, enjoy the episode. We'll jump right in. Welcome to the Newbie Dentist Podcast, the safe place for newbie dentists to connect, collaborate, learn, and grow. The Newbie Dentist Podcast aims to provide high-quality and high-value content for all the newbie dentists out there. With your host, Dr. Omer Azami. Uh, why don't you tell me about yourself? Uh, give us a little bit of a story about your background and everything, and uh, we'll sort of jump off from there. Yeah. Hi. Thank you for having uh, me. Uh, so my story, I guess I'm 29 years old. I'm going to be a soon up and coming graduate in uh, May 11th, 2018. Nice. From AT Still University in Mesa, Arizona. Yeah. I'm still looking for jobs. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's harder than I thought it was going to be. So, but we're getting there. Okay. Nice. So um, what, did you grow up in the Arizona area or did you travel just for school there or... No, so I was born and raised in uh, Montreal, Canada. Oh, no way. Nice. Um, so uh, I lived there from 1988 to 1998. Uh, then, then we moved to California, Yeah. Uh, San Diego. I completely forgot how to speak French about two <laughs> years later. Yeah. Uh, completely. And then uh, went to University of California, San Diego, UCSD, and then finally... Mesa, Arizona, AT still, ASDO for dental school. For dental school. And uh, you're in uh, your final year, you mentioned, right? So how's the uh, process work for like getting your uh, like registration? Uh, do you have to do like just a board exam or do you have to do like a residency as well? Or Because uh, I know I've talked to some other dental students like in New York, for example, um, and they have to do like that one year residency to get their license there. Um, so is that similar for where you are or is it just kind of you just have to write the exams and then you're good to go? Yeah, so some states like New York and I believe Delaware require you to do any fifth year. It can be any specialty or um, in California, they allow you to get your license through a portfolio, but only if you go to their schools. Yeah. But no, in Arizona, you can just go straight to private practice right after dental school. Or, I mean, you can if you want uh, specialize in okay. any of the specialties. Nice. But. So uh, how we sort of met was um, uh, we started talking on Instagram a little bit and um 
you mentioned that, uh, you know, obviously your area of interest is more so, uh, you know, like student loans uh, and finances and investing and all that. Um, and actually, uh, you've made a really nice video, which I'll, uh, I'll link to this podcast and we'll share it with everyone because I, I watched it. There's a lot of good information in there um, that I found pretty useful. So I had uh, a while back, I had a podcast with uh, uh, Dr. Howard Friend and um, I brought up this whole debate as well, right? Uh, paying down student loans versus like investing money and and the risk and benefit of you know each one and how to sort of prioritize how you're going to put your money away after you start working. So I'm curious, we'll get into that in more detail a little bit later, but sort of I just want to get the uh, pulse of like, um, in your dental class right now, uh, how big is your cohort like in fourth year? Uh, with me included, it's about 75. 75. So what's the overall, like what do you think the average like debt will be like for your class like graduating? For someone that took out the full amount or, you know, the, the lucky few who have rich parents <laughs> or scholarships, like the average typical amount. Yeah, is let's do the average, the average, yeah. Average typical amount, if you take out full amount and you live like a normal person, maybe like uh, 430. By the time you add up all the accruing interest, yeah. Um, after four years, about 430, 450 around there. Okay. And um, obviously, you're someone who's like uh, really focused on this kind of uh, place. But yeah. do you think the average student in your class is like really stressed out about like their student loans or is not something that like is at the front of their uh, thoughts? I mean, I don't want to speak on behalf of the entire class, but I would say most people just generally from what I'm gathering, just yeah, are just, you know, willful or blissfully ignorant. And <laughs> they're just trying to, you know, graduate move on, life, and, yeah. and then they'll figure it out as it goes on. Okay, nice. And um, so you mentioned you don't have a job yet. How much like does the job search um, or the type of position or, you know, whether you go corporate or, you know, you find like a traditional private, like um, uh, associate position, um, how big of a deciding factor is like that into like, uh, having your loans in mind as well. Yeah. So uh, when we when we start talking about the loans, one thing that really matters is the four hundred one k. So for me, I'm looking at jobs that offer the four hundred one k with or without the match. That's not really that important right now. But yeah, the four hundred one k is important. Obviously, compensation in general is important. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you know, in terms of finances, that is what I care about. Uh, and then, you know, every other factor I can figure out on my own, like, you know, location and things like that. But um, for financial purposes, since most associateships last like, I don't know, two, three years, yeah. and I'm not going to be an associate for 10 years, uh, I think that is the most important starting out. And then because w- once you have your own practice, you can set up your own retirement. Yeah. It's a different stuff. ballgame once yeah. that happens. So that's pretty cool. Um, so I, I feel like we're really similar in that regard. Um, like how much interest do you have in terms of like, motivation to like buy a practice is that something that's like in your immediate sort of plans or you want to sort of wait it out a little bit work for a few years and then so get- my plan just you know just i'm, I'm going to predict in the future maybe two three years from now i plan on starting my own uh i want to hire a demographics company that to run the demographics i'm not going to just you know go in the middle of yeah. phoenix or where there's ten thousand other dentists yeah um but, you know, do, do my research in the next two years, gain my confidence, get faster, become more time efficient, learn better pe- people skills, yeah. uh, better communication, things like that. Okay, that's pretty cool. And um, in terms of, uh, like, obviously, you're in final year now, so do you have any, well, this is actually an interesting one. I want to kind of get into this with you for a little bit before we uh, go f- uh, dive into the uh, student loan stuff, like a bit more detail with uh, specializing right now, right? So economically and like feasibility wise, I know my thought was that it doesn't really make much sense with the current scope to like, you know, 
graduate with like, you know, like you said, like $430,000 in debt, uh, maybe work for one or two years and then go back to school for another like two or three years. And for most, uh, I know in Canada and in Australia where I studied, um, you don't get paid for a residency, right? Unless you're doing like a oral surgery or, or maxillofacial surgery, anything like that. So you're going to incur more debt and then you're going to be, you know, finishing everything. You're like six, seven hundred thousand dollars in debt. Yeah, yeah. Do you think like from your opinion uh, and people who you talk to, um, is it still economically worthwhile to specialize? Um, or is that not, if you want to specialize, that's not the factor that makes you say yes or no. It's kind of other things like interest and, and how passionate you sure. are about a certain area of dentistry. Other than pediatrics, uh, most specialties are three years. And yeah. then if you do a surgeon, uh, oral surgery is four years or six years. Yeah. Now, financially speaking, obviously, when you come out of those programs, you can make a lot more money than a general yeah. uh, practice. Uh, but obviously, yeah, you're going to have 7% at least accruing each and every year. And depending on how you structure or depending on if you're an employee or not, um, it just, it just depends on what your numbers are. I mean, are, are you looking to make money? Are you trying to pay off debt ASAP? If you if you, if you want to pay off your debt as soon as possible, then yes, go to, and if that's your motivating factor, then yes, go and specialize. If you want to do a little bit there, a little bit here, a little bit there. Personally, I don't, I'm not interested in specializing, but, um, if I were down the road, maybe take a CE course, continuing education course, and yeah. certain procedure, molarendo, third wisdom, uh, wisdom teeth extractions, things like that. But um, I think that's a little bit more financially intelligent. But yeah, I don't okay. speak for everyone. Yeah. And um, so, in terms of your, uh, I asked this to like all the dental students that I talked to just to get a sort of a rough idea. Um, does your school have like quotas for like uh, clinical procedures that you have to do? Like how many crowns you have to do, how much endo you have to do? Uh, just to so, get a comparison of like how much clinical experience yeah. you have coming out of school. So to graduate um, our school, you need uh, these things called competencies. Yeah. Uh, after, after that, you're deemed, you know, competent mm -hmm. in these procedures. So you need to do at least, and, and you, so for competencies, we need one class two, one class three, two dentures, um, two restore two implants, uh, 30 extractions and then seven competencies, four of which have to be, or three of which have to be surgical, four of which can be simple extractions. Um, I think I'm missing a few here, uh, class two on a pedo, uh, stainless steel, but these are just a bare minimum for the, yeah. for the, for the restorations. It's like, it's like a, it's like a test, yeah. but you're going to do, you know, 30, 40, 50 before you take that test. Yeah. But, for, but for something like dentures, your first one is going to be the one that counts. Your second yeah. one is going to be the one that counts. So yeah. for me, you know, I'm probably going to graduate with, well, the thing about our school also is that we go on external rotation. So I'm not even counting that either. Okay. Um, but nice. Just at our school, you know, in the average range, you know, something like 50, 60 restorations, uh, you know, uh, two, three implants, and then. Um, placing seven, or restoring? Placing. But oh, we, nice. we but we're all, oh, sorry, sorry, uh, restoring, but we're, yeah. but we're uh, also involved in the treatment planning, meaning we have okay. to fabricate the surgical guide, scan it with a, uh, a trio right. scanner and go through that, that, that whole route. That's pretty cool. Okay. So, um, so it seems like it's pretty standard. I've, I've heard some like crazy numbers. I've talked to a few people that I like studied down in Florida um, and they're doing like 30, 40 crowns and stuff like that. I was like, I find that like to be like crazy because in my school we did like high. five or six, maybe like some people got like up to 10 or something. Yeah. I've done like, uh, I've done like 10, but that's like, that's that. pretty good. That's a good number. Probably in the middle. Yeah. Yeah. 
Awesome. So where did um, all this uh, financial stuff, uh, like interests sort of start off for you? Like what was your first sort of like uh, segue into that, like outside of like the sciences and dentistry and all that? So when I first started back in 2014 fall, uh, this whole debt thing really scared me. I, I thought I was going to graduate 450. I, I did the math on on like a regular 400,000, 500,000 loan. It's somewhere between 5,000 and 5,500 a month, which is like yeah. 65 to 72,000 a year. And I did the math. I'm like, well, if, I, if I'm grossing like 130, which is the average, how am I going to pay 72,000 every yeah. year for 10 yeah. years? Yeah. There's got to be a better way. And that's kind of how I learned about the income driven repayment programs. Okay, nice. So before, and um, I just want to see the comparison. So in, in Canada, for example, we have, uh, we don't have like traditional loans. And I think that's something that I didn't mention to like hard friend. Um, what we, what we have is our, our banks offer us like a line of credit, like a student line of credit. Um, so they give us like a pool of money. Um, you know, it ranges between like 225 to like 275 that you can borrow um, as a line of credit. And, so you only pay interest on the money that you take out. So every year, say your tuition is like 70 grand, you take out 70 off the 275 that you have, then you're just paying interest on that. And our interest is quite low. So it's prime plus one. So it's like roughly about like 4% uh, okay. per year. Um, so right now I'm finished school. I have in total like about $303,000 in debt. And because it's not a loan, there's no like mandatory loan repayments that I have to do, right? Um, so I can, because it's like a line of credit, I can just pay interest only payments. And that comes out to about like, uh, like $900 per month that I'm paying right now. So it's, I think in that regard, it's like a lot different to what you guys have. Cause I feel like you guys have like some, you have to pay a lot more, it seems like per month. Right. Um, so can you explain, obviously we have some listeners from like around the world. We have, you know, a fair few American listeners too, but a lot of Canadians, Australians, Europeans, um, just give me a quick overview. Cause I, I hear a lot, um, even outside of dentistry, like the student debt crisis in the U S is like a big issue. Like it's going to be like the housing bubble in like 2008 where like young millennial professionals are graduating and entering the workforce, be it dentistry, medicine, law, um, anything, bachelor degrees, college degrees. And there's no realistic shot uh, in paying these back for a lot of professionals because the income's not there necessarily. Um, so can you just explain to me what's going on? Give me a quick overview of that and then we'll sort of get more uh, uh, nitty gritty into the dental side of things. So now the way it works is I believe, and I think I'm, the numbers might be a little bit off. You get $244,000 from the government as a loan. And that, and these are called Stafford loans, meaning they're subsidized while you're in school. Okay. Anything above 244000 you take out unsubsidized. And these are called grad plus loans. Now, the government will give you money if it's all the way up to half a million, a million. They don't care. As long as the cost of attendance is X amount. Uh, the government will give you the 244 plus anything you need, uh, but that's unsubsidized. So, so the problem is that as the price goes up, the government doesn't care. They'll give you the money. So the students will, you know, accept the money and then the dental schools will then reinvent, well, they have no incentive to lower prices. So they'll just keep going. So at, and and when I say unsubsidized, I mean the government doesn't cover the interest for those four years. Okay. So the way I did my calculations was I just made it the worst case scenario. Everything is unsubsidized, everything is seven percent, and you're half a million in debt or or four hundred thousand in debt. Yeah. Um. So that's kind of where my calculations were in the video, I believe. Um. And then, but the problem is, at what point is this gonna burst? Meaning, at what point is the student gonna realize that 
it's going to be 600,000. Like right now, I think USC and NYU are going to be some, if you add up all the accruing interest every year, like 600,000 by the time they're That's done. Crazy. Yeah. yeah. Like even I, I actually looked it up at USC. It was like 122 a year. That's nuts. That which, US is, dollars. which is nuts. Yeah. Yeah. And, and good thing it's federal money. Um, if, you, if these were private banks, you wouldn't even qualify for any of yeah. the repayment op- options. Like you'd and, have to uh, pay a private bank. Is yeah. it true? Like I hear on other podcasts and stuff, like with student loans, like you can't bankrupt that debt, right? No. Yeah. You can't bankrupt it unless you die or if you're, <laughs> I believe if you're, if you're permanently disabled, like, <laughs> I mean, like you can't even practice dentistry permanently disabled. Yeah. Uh, but even then it's uh, apart from those two horrible circumstances scenarios. Yeah. And not do it. <laughs> All right. So you, you graduate in, uh, in May, you said, right? Yeah. Okay. So in May, you graduate, you land a job at a company that has a 401k. It's a corporate job. They guarantee you uh, like 150 per year before tax gross, gross income. Uh, talk me through like your strategy. Like, what are you going to do uh, in terms of payments? What are you going to do in terms of investments? Um, are you going to buy a car? Are you going to lease a car? I want like the full scope. I want to like pick your mind on this and like, and cause I think you have, you done your research, right? So uh, good thing about being a podcast host is you get to be lazy and just uh, pick other people's expertise. Yeah. So talk me through it. So I'm, are you asking about my personal situation or just the ideal dentist? Uh, I just, I laid it out for you. you graduate, you got that uh, 400 grand in debt. You got a job with corporate. So you're making 150 and go. So the way it works right now, we have three programs or four programs. One is the standard program. You walk out of school, you're in this just standard 10-year payment program. And that's the one I said was 72,000, 60,000, 65,000 a year. That's, that's option A. Option B is you do this thing called uh, pays you earn. This is 10% of your gross income for 20 years. And then everything after that is quote forgiven. Option three is repay. And this is President Obama's uh, revision to the option B program. Okay. Repay 10% of your uh, adjusted gross again, um, but accept any interest that you don't cover, the government pays half of it. So I'll explain that later. Sure. Um, and then the fourth option is you commit yourself to a life of public service using options B and C. And then you get everything paid off tax-free. So let me just, for me personally, so I don't, I don't know if you, uh, any of that may, just made sense, but for me personally, I'm going to go on the option C because I don't qualify for option B. Option B is actually the best option yeah. for most people. For Why most do you single, not qualify? Because for pays you earn, if your first loans ever, even if you paid them off, if they were before um, October 1st of 2007, you don't qualify. And my first loan was September of 2007. Oh man. Okay. So I don't qualify for pays yeah. you earn. I only qualify for uh, revised pays you earn option yeah. C. Um, so that is 10% of my income to, of my, of my AGI, my adjusted gross income. And, but that's for 25 years, but the government pays the unpaid interest. Now the problem with that is let's say you're 400,000 in debt. Like you said, you're making 150. 10% of my 150 is 15,000, okay? Yeah. But set but my interest rate is 7%. So 7% of my 400 is like 28,000. Yeah. So if I'm only paying 15,000 and my interest is 28, that means each year 13,000 is being added. Mm-hmm. So after 25 years, my 400 will turn into 650 or something. Yeah. So so then what happens after that that 25th year? is that everything's forgiven, but it's taxed as income tax, as, as regular income. So you pay tax on whatever is left over. 
And so that was that like 30%, 40%? Yeah. So like in my calculation, I just made a very, a very bad situation. I said 40%. Okay. So but you it's, would owe 40% of the 600, whatever thousand back well, I mean, to the government. In the US, it's a marginal tax. So you pay a certain amount for a certain income. But I just said the whole thing is 40%. But it's usually, yeah. it's probably if you average everything, it'll be like 35% or something. Okay. So that's a big chunk of money you owe at the end of 25 Yeah. So, you'll, if you, so let's say for me personally, I'll go from like 400 to like 650 pay about 30% of that, which is like, I don't know, 230. So I, I need to be ready 230,000, 25 years from now. And that's a one-off payment or you can break that up again too? I, I'm sure you can break that off late in 25 years from now, but why would you, <laughs> why <laughs> you, would you take to out another loan? Yeah. Yeah, so what's, uh, okay, so we'll pause that there for a second. Um, all this talk and uh, you know, other podcasts and stuff you hear is like, oh, I refinanced my loans. Like, what does that mean in the US? So we, we have three companies that offer a refinance and what they do is they buy off your loan and then you pay, pay them off. Yeah. So instead of, so they buy off your federal loans and then you pay off the, the private, the new private loan with the new company that you're dealing with. Now, now instead of 7% now, maybe it's 4%, maybe it's 5%, maybe it's 2%. Yeah. Um, but the, the thing that I would be extremely cautious about is that when you do that, you get, you, you are forgiving all of your federal repayment programs. So you get rid of repay, you're getting rid of pay, you're getting rid of the public service loan forgiveness, you're getting rid of all of those things because none of those things qualify for private loans. Yeah. So a lot of these companies are like, oh, okay, well, we, we can refinance with you. We, we will go from 7% to 5%. But what they don't tell you is that A, 7% to 5%, 4% is not that big of a deal. And B, you just forgot and you just forgave all of your, your repayment option. Yeah. All your forgivenesses. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So unless you can get maybe like 2% or something, maybe that makes sense, but yeah, I don't or, I, or, or if you're like only, if you're, if you're only like 150,000 or let's say only 100,000 in debt, then yeah. Why would you do the 20 year program or the 25 year program? Just do the regular 10 year program or mm-hmm. five year program and go from 7% to 4%. Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. So I, I'm just trying to imagine like how, so if you're making so after t- I like got 150 grand a year, like after tax, you're making like what, like 12, like $10,000 per month, like net. Yeah. So, so in that example, I said, so the way that this works is like, like I said, so as your income goes up and up, your 10% increments go up and up, right? Because yeah. 10% of 160 is now bigger than 10% of 150. Mm-hmm. So you're, you're paying more into the system for 20 years or 25 years, depending on the program. At the end, that number, that that number at the very end, you get taxed on that. Now, for I did the math on this, and you can double check it later on if I if you want the spreadsheets. For every one dollar that you put into these programs, you're only saving twenty cents in in this tax bomb twenty years or twenty five years from now. Mm-hmm. So why would you spend a dollar today to save twenty cents twenty years from now when you can invest that dollar for twenty years? And that turns into $3 and 38 cents, assuming, you know, 7% growth a year. Yeah. yeah. So it, 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 it's actually mathematically much, much smarter to, to reduce your, your gross income by funding your 401k all the way. And your um, health savings account is one of them. And then if you also qualify for, um, well, in our case, since a, a normal dentist doesn't qualify for a Roth IRA, mm-hmm. um, and there's a rules about the traditional IRA, but for sure, fully funding your 401k and health savings account. Both of those accounts can 
lower your income on paper from 150 to about 401k is 18,000 to about, um, I don't know, like, uh, like 130, 130 one, yeah. 129. So now you're paying 10% of that number. So now it's yeah. 12,000 instead of 15,000, you can put the 3000 aside, save it, Invest do whatever. It. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. So there's, so you don't want to pay into this system as, as little as humanely possible. That's the goal. <laughs> nice. And then, okay. So your strategy is then to minimize your taxable income. So you're only paying 10% of that in your student loans. Am I correct? Yeah, you're, you're adjusted gross income. You're, yeah. you're adjusted gross income. Yeah. And to, to minimize that, you're putting as much money into your 401k and your health savings plan. Um, yes. Okay. So similar in Canada, what we have is um, what the government introduced, like probably, um, probably say like five or six years ago, it's called like a tax-free savings account. Um, and I was encouraged because like, you know, like most Americans, most Canadians, uh, they're not like saving money or anything like that. Yeah. Um, so they introduced this account where you can put up to $52,000. Uh, tax-free and it's deductible from your income and at once that 52 is filled up uh, you can put up to like 5,000 per year every year afterwards Um, and whatever money you invest in that account whatever earning you have there's no like capital gains tax on that income so it's it's like it's like a tax haven pretty much Um, so that's what my strategy has been and that's what I asked uh, Dr. Fran as well because I'm like I'm paying like $900 per month just to keep minimum and I'm you know paying 4% interest but even if I'm buying just like index funds and like averaging like six, yeah. 7%, I'm still making more money that way than putting it into my student loans. And then yeah. once uh, down the line, like my, once my income goes up or anything like that, then I can start to more aggressively like pay down, um, pay down the student loans. Um, but then he brought up the issue of like, um, our interest isn't fixed. So your guys, if you do that 25 year plan, it's mm-hmm. that a fixed interest at like the 7% or the 10%. Yeah. So ours is simple interest. So it's, yeah, it's 7% um, of your original balance. And then it's that amount every year because you will never pay interest on interest on yeah. a federal loan. Yeah. Okay. That's pretty cool. That's really good. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. So it's a good setup. I think obviously the, have you done the math? Cause I, I had a, someone, I had like a, like an undergrad student, like reach out to me on Instagram a, couple, a little while back. Um, and he's saying, you know, uh, I'm like thinking of going to the U S cause a lot of Canadians come down to the U S obviously to study as well. Uh, with the currency difference and the U.S. dollar being so much higher than Canadian now, and like the tuition rates going up, like what do you think that like break-even point is where it's like it's not worth it financially to go to dental school? Have you have you figured that out? Like, I mean, do you I have mean, a magic number for me? Well, there's two things that could cause the bubble to burst. One is if the government gets rid of all these programs. Yeah, if they get rid of all these programs, and the only option you have is the standard 10-year program. And you have to pay $72,000 a year or $65,000 a year. That's insane. Yeah. That will cause, that will be the point where people will say, hey, this is not worth it anymore. The second issue is, well, even if you, these programs existed, well, what if it's like $700,000 when you do, I mean, because the thing is with these programs, it's not how much you're in debt, it's how much you're making. So it's 10% of how much you're making. Yeah. At the same time, your debt is accruing, you know, such and such percentage for 20 years, 25 years. So, and it's the other issue is, well, what if they get rid of that tax 20 years from now? That's a huge thing. So then if they get rid of that tax bomb 20 years or 25 years from now, there is no incentive to take out as as little as possible. It'll be incentivized to take as much as possible because what's the point? Yeah. You're paying 10% of your income. 
and you have everything forgiven tax-free 20 years from now. So what's the point? Yeah. That's an interesting one. So that, if that, like, I mean, why would they do that? I don't know. Just to like relieve the, well, relieve well, the bubble bursting? Like, well, because be like I a reactionary thing? Or? None of the people who took out loans yet have reached that point. These programs are new. This is like 2007, 2012, 2015. Yeah. 20 years from now in 2027 or 2030, that's when you're, you're, you're going to hear it on the news. You know, people are getting hundreds of thousands of dollars forgiven. It's taxed, but still it's forgiven. You yeah. know, a, a big amount of it, you're still paying tax on it. And there are still rules that you can kind of get around and find loopholes and to get rid of that tax as well. But that's a whole different <laughs> topic. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's, a, it's, it's crazy. I, I, I don't know where this is going. It's going to reach a point where, you know, 800,000, 900,000, I don't know. Because what's what's keeping the cost down right now? It's nothing. Nothing. Every year, inflation goes up. Dental school, tuition, and everything, materials, equipment, all that, all that stuff goes up. So mm-hmm. that's awesome. So it seems like you've obviously done a lot of research in this area. So do you have any plans on like uh, like using this uh, research that you've done to like help out colleagues or maybe create some sort of like course or like a consulting sort of thing? <laughs> Uh, cause that's my thing. I'm like a big entrepreneur right now. So I'm always like, I'm thinking of like things on the side. Uh, obviously I got this like newbie dentist thing going for a little bit right now. Um, and I'm trying to like see where that goes. Um, so I, I like to pass that on to my guests. I'm always like encouraging them. I'm like, Oh, we should try this or try that or like grow this or grow that. So have you thought about that at all? Or I mean, I, I made the video and I made it the video only for my classmates and yeah. for the general student dentist population. I posted it on dental town. A lot of people gave me crap for it because they either don't know about it or they think I'm trying to like, you know, hide my money to, you know, avoid paying my loans. You know, what, what, why aren't you a responsible student? Why aren't you paying off your loans? Like the rest of us did 30 years ago. Well, <laughs> 30 years ago, my, you didn't have half a million dollars in debt. So, so that's a big difference. Yeah. <laughs> uh, of course, incomes were a lot less back then, but if you adjusted for inflation, the yeah, tuition is just... Is not even close to being what it's it like was back five then. x yeah it's like yeah yeah it's not linear and then you know obviously I um I'm pretty involved in cryptocurrencies as well but oh, that's yeah. all <laughs> uh but you know all, all, there's a lot of things going on now where you can if you think about it and if you research you can I feel like you can manage this easily you know the 150 like I said you can make it 130 and then if you put money aside and let's say Vanguard or an index fund in Vanguard just let it just sit there for 20 years, 25 years, you can not only pay off that tax 20 years from now, but you're going to have much, much left over. Yeah. And that's only for Vanguard. What about the 401k? You're going to have millions there. Yeah. What about the HSA? You're going to have hundreds of thousands there. Like mm-hmm. there's, there's, there's so many things to, and then there's also, you know, money for, you know, emergency fund and things like that. So I'm saying there's a lot of options out there. Just people need to be educated and, and understand how to maneuver because, you know, there's no one YouTube course that I can recommend to just do everything. Yeah, you know, no. you can talk to me, but I, sure. I'm not a, I'm not a financial advisor nor yeah. do I ever claim to be, you know, yeah. I, this is just my opinion. It's your own research. It's your yeah, own. my research. Maybe I'm wrong about everything. I don't know, but <laughs> I, I don't think I am. Yeah. No, that's cool. And I, uh, I bring this up to like a lot of my friends when we talk and, you know, they're all like different professions and everything. Um, and I have a, like a problem with the educational system because I think financial literacy is like really poor, like amongst that yeah. 90% of professionals, even, you know, university graduates, uh, professional degree graduates, because, you know, in like elementary school and stuff, instead of like teaching you basics of like saving, accounting, investing, 
uh, you're learning like calculus and stuff for like no reason. So um, I think that's like where it fundamentally goes wrong. And then people, you know, graduate, like you said, a lot of your classmates may be like blissfully ignorant and, you know, they come out and they buy a a BMW and they buy like a Rolex and they buy a house. (laughs) And then all of a sudden they're like, oh my God, I'm like $2 million in debt. And I'm like, how am I going to like, how am I going to make ends meet? Um, And then inversely, like, or the flip side of that is like, I find with the student debt and that pressure to like produce income, the quality yeah. of dentistry, like that's like another factor of thing, right? People might push for treatment. People might try stuff that they're not like fully comfortable with because, well, I need the production because I've been like had a slow day or something. Yeah. Um, so I think all that stuff's pretty cool. And I think it's all that stuff is, it's going to be interesting to see like in the next, you know, like 10 years. Uh, Cause this is like our career, right? This is our like career time span in the next 20, 25 years. Uh, how dentistry changes, how tuition changes, how, um, the whole educational system and the whole loan and, and debt system changed and everything. So I, I totally agree with the education is lacking. I mean, I didn't even know what a 401k was until five years ago, you know, or, or yeah. something like that. They don't teach you about retirement. They don't teach you about stocks. They don't teach you how to buy a house, how to sell a house. Yeah. They don't teach you about, and, and it's not just the things that you don't know. It's like, there are things that I don't know that I don't know Yeah. that I don't know. Like, you know, there's, there's like at least those topics that I just mentioned, most people know about and they can Google it and it takes five minutes, 10 minutes. But what about the things that they don't even know that they don't know? That's the issue because you don't even know how to look it up. You don't know what to look up. Yeah, exactly. And I've run into this a lot of times where I've learned something that I didn't even know was a problem until I learned about the first topic. I was like, oh my God, that that makes no sense or it makes perfect sense. But (laughs) I didn't know about it until I did the research. And then to teach high school students about this stuff is hard. And then, like you said, once you graduate dental school, you're pressured to produce or to make those payments. Obviously the 10% of your income, that's super affordable, but let's say you didn't know about those programs and you're, and you're doing the $72,000 a year, you know, 10 year standard, (laughs) then, you know, then obviously, yeah, you, you're going to, you know, you can't sleep well living like that for 10 years. You can't, that's not, especially when yeah. they, they, they promise you all these salaries and, you know, dental school is going to, you know, they're going to be a, re- you're going to be a rich dentist. Everything's going to be fine. Like, you know, there's, there's more to it than that. Yeah, for sure. Times are changing a little bit. And I think you have to be really money smart. I think that's the way to be successful, like in our career, right? Yeah. Um, it's like the, like, you know, it's like the golden age is always over, like all that stuff. But uh, I don't think it necessarily is. I think you just have to like be a little bit smarter. You have to be more like financially responsible um doing your own research i think is yeah probably my number one thing that one you know i have a lot of weaknesses uh but one of my strengths is i'm very good at research if i don't know something i will learn it and i can google it i can youtube (laughs) it i can ask people who are smarter than i am yeah and that's i i tell that to all like all the time to people is like we're living in such a like unbelievable era where information is so like readily accessible, right? Oh, 100%. Um, even like, even like this podcast, like I'm like, how do I start a podcast? How do I publish a podcast? How do I make a website? How do I buy a domain name? Yeah. Like all this stuff is so easily available. I just like, I sit there for like at Starbucks for like an hour, like figure it out and like you're good to I go. Mean, right? Imagine if the internet didn't exist like 20 yeah, years ago. Yeah, it'd be impossible. Like, we would so, be screwed. Yeah. So that's awesome. So we, I encourage everyone to, um, I'll check, I'll definitely post a link um, to your video as well. Cause I thought it was useful. I think other people will find it useful too. Um, and, uh, yeah, awesome. Thank you for coming on. I think that was a really jam packed episode. A lot of people are going to find a lot of good value in there and, um, I'll give a link to your Instagram account as well. If people want to maybe reach out to you, Instagram, uh, Gmail, Facebook, anything I've, sure. uh, I've spoken, I've spoken to students all across the country. Awesome. Uh, so I'm here okay. to help. So I'll, I'll post up, I'll post up your email too, if that's cool in the, in the show notes. Sure. And uh, if you have sure. any questions, they can reach out to you. Uh, sure. so I wish you all the best in your final, your few months here, do all the best. 
uh, make as many mistakes as you can because uh, mistakes are expensive <laughs> when you get out of school. So. Yeah, I hope not. Okay. <laughs> awesome, man. Thanks a lot. All right. And uh, we'll so be in much. touch. Hopefully, we'll do another one down the line when you start working and see how things For are sure. progressing. Okay. For sure. Thank you. Awesome, buddy. Take care. Have a good night.